0: In this episode, we talk about when it makes sense to outsource work to contractors and agencies, versus when it makes sense to do something in-house. Let's go.
1: Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about founders who are in it for the long haul. I'm Rick, and I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. And I'm Tyler.
0: On the side, I work with Rick on Leg Up Health, but my main business is a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM.
1: What's going on, Rick? <laughs> oh, you... I, did you, we are you recording?
0: It's recording. Oh come on, uh, Tyler! <laughs> I'm keeping this. I'm <laughs> keeping
1: this. <laughs> uh, I'm on vacation, so I'm in a giddy mood, and I'm annoying my little son who's two and a half years old, and he thinks I'm being annoying because I'm excited. <laughs> He's like, "Who are you? Um, Have you been off all week? No, I just this is my first day off. Uh, but I, <laughs> you, you've had literally. Oh no, it's 8am where you are. You've had zero business hours of vacation and you're already refreshed. That's incredible. Oh, it's it's <laughs> incredible. And what I'm doing a better job of is making sure I get my stuff done the day before vacation so that I can be mm. fully present. That's like one of my goals this year, which we should recap at some, maybe in the next episode, we should revisit our goals. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. All right, let's. right. Anyway, I'll, I'll put I mean, that on I, a list. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's all I got going on. I'm, I'm, I got vacation. And so I'm happy. We're going down to St. George, Utah, which is a little town on the border, I think of Nevada, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's where, um, my nephew goes to school at Utah tech. And mm-hmm. so, uh, the whole family rented a house down there to kind of give, go visit him and let him show us around and, um, you know, hang out. Nice. You going to Zion
0: while you're down there? National I, I assume we'll
1: do something like that, but it's yeah. it's not exactly the most fun thing to do with a, a eighth month old. Fair,
0: <laughs> makes sense. Um, cool. Well, I'm not on vacation, but I will be next week. I'm going to Japan for eleven days, so I guess we're both uh, getting some leisure in here. Yeah, some karaoke, right? <laughs> no karaoke, but uh, the goal is to gain you know
1: ten to fifteen pounds. So, going to eat everything possible. We have the exact opposite goals on vacation. My goal is to reset my workout routine so that I'm actually like a, a <laughs> decent human being again.
0: No. Yeah. We, this is, um, the second time now, but the first time for like a trip, that's just me and Shelly, uh, where we hired a travel agent. Have you, have you done this before? No, a travel agent. They don't
1: exist anymore.
0: They absolutely do. First of all. And a lot of them use my software. Uh, <laughs> but secondly, so this is incredible. I, I I thought a travel agent was just like, they helped you buy plane tickets. And it's like, I can buy my plane ticket, you know, that type of thing. They do so much. I, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just good ones or whatever, but like we're, we, the, the total trip is like, it's a more expensive trip relative to other ones I've taken, but not like way more. It's like in, in the same range when we land at the airport, like someone will be waiting there to take us to the hotel. We have like half of our meals already planned and paid for. And the ones that aren't planned are because we didn't want to overbook. Um we have private tour guides for tons of stuff. We have like they're like oh we're going to take you to a tea ceremony and then we're going to go to a sake brewery and then we're going to do an izakaya tour and like <laughs> the, the amount of planning and like giving us access to stuff we could have never found on our own. Pretty incredible.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Hold on my coffee delivery is coming. One moment. Thank you. <laughs>
0: this is this is the most amateur (laughs) podcast we've ever done i had to do that Uh,
1: because i bought this new coffee machine um it's a it's called a tk02 uh by terra cafe shout out um but they (laughs) shout out terra cafe i I ordered it two years ago on pre-order and it finally came what's Uh, so fancy about this coffee machine it makes drip coffee um by the Just cup stop. I, I hope <laughs> you that's it <laughs> it makes drip coffee Two but year no, it's, like, it's like a it's like a kind of a fancy machine that you press a button it's got smart features and it grinds the bean and makes the perfect cup of coffee hmm. um i was getting i was on nespresso do you know what nespresso is it's like a really strong one or something nespresso is like those pods that you oh, put nespresso. in espresso i think yeah it's i don't no. drink coffee at all yeah. so i'm like ignorant about the whole thing but so anyway i, I was going through like a lot of those pods and I felt guilty about it for the environment. Yeah. Um, I looks like it kills turtles or something. And mm-hmm. I, for the turtles. Yep. So I ordered this two years ago and it just came and it takes five minutes to brew one cup of coffee, but it is a really good cup of coffee. Nice. So I, <laughs> I, I started the coffee two minutes before the podcast, uh, was mm. starting, um, and it was not done. So I asked Able to bring it to me and I had to give her <laughs> a little bit of, of trash talking.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, enjoy I'm your on vacation. You're on vacation. Rick, you like seem like a whole different person right now. You have so much energy and this is your first day. I, I don't get what's going on here, but I like it. What's up, <laughs> what's up with you? Um yeah, not much. Just kind of business as usual, trying to get stuff uh wrapped up. I my main topic is kind of the same as last week, which is this like talk to sales thing, uh, which for anyone who isn't caught up, basically trying to capture leads when they hit our website and like if our if Alex, our sales guy's free, just being like or If he, well, that's the new thing. The old thing was try to get them to book a time with Alex. The new thing I've been working on is I'm building um, a tool for him to, it's kind of like what we talked about last week, but a little different. It's um, when someone clicks the button to book a time with him in that moment, we're trying to know if he's free or not. And if he's free, it's just going to take him right to a call with him. And if he's not free, it'll take him to a scheduling link so that we can get people like right at the moment that they're engaged, hopefully. Um, So that's what I've been working on this week.
1: That's awesome. Did, any any like wins from the last episode?
0: Um, it's so okay. The update there is because we there's two weeks between episodes. Last week, the volume of people who booked calls went way down. Uh, I think there were only like two or th- no, there were like four for the whole week. Whereas there were I think seventeen the week before it. And there was no um, change. No, so I was a little worried at first. I was thinking maybe there's like pent up demand where. You know sometimes when you're buying something you like go to the website over and over and over. So I was wondering worried that maybe like 4 per week is the steady state but we kind of got a surge when we first added this. We're back to I think we've had 10 or 12 this week. So I, we're still trying to figure out what the steady state is. I don't know what it will end up being.
1: And and are these calls turning into any like signed deals yet or is there more is it a longer sales cycle than you anticipated?
0: Um it's not a long sales cycle in the sense. it doesn't take more work from us, but because we have a thirty day free trial for mm-hmm. everybody, it's not like let's sign the docu sign right now. Like that's just not what the process is. It seems very likely that uh, it, it, I, I I'm almost a hundred percent positive this is bringing in new customers and more new customers than what Alex was previously spending his time on. like i I don't have like hard data to back it up, but the qualitative evidence is pretty overwhelming. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of exciting for me because in the past, you've kind of pushed me to think more about growth. And I've kind of been like, no, I want to work on products. And I think the reality is like, in a perfect world, I can work on producty stuff that helps with growth. Um, but I didn't have ideas on how to do that. And now I do. Like, this is a thing. I'm not saying I'm going to work on this for the rest of my life, but like, there's all kinds of little things I can do to say, oh, when someone's in a, de- a live demo, push them to a call with Alex. When they click this button to talk to Alex, do we route them to Calendly or do we route them to, or, or Savvy Cal, I guess, or do we route them to Demo Desk, which is what we used to do the calls? There's a lot of little area here for me to build good user experience for the the customers while funneling people to Alex and kind of achieving both goals, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I I go back to our days at Zane Benefits, and then also what you're doing at Leg Up Health, and it's like you, you just have to shift your mindset a little bit. Like the constraint becomes improved user, like at least not a degradation of user experience uh, for the end user, but the customer that you're serving is an internal user, um, and 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 trying to help them hit their individual goals. And yeah, I think you can build some really cool software that way, especially if are if, if you're doing both. Both improving the user interface, which is probably your your, your you know kind of constraint on this, um, and helping uh, the the person do their job better that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I love it. I, I think you and I often land on different sides of the like build versus buy question. Um, when we worked together, I think you correctly for that company you were one hundred percent right. Like we should have just been buying off the shelf, like rather than me building an email marketing tool or a CRM or whatever. Um, but I do think. If you want a, a, there's two things you don't get if you just outsource this by saying like, oh, like I looked around, I, th- I thought, do I have to build this or can I, is there a tool out there that does what we're looking for? And there's a million like intercom style chat things where you can say, oh, this person's in a demo, pop a chat widget up. But there's, none of it was as good as what I want, which is like, I want to be able to really control the UI of what pops up. And I don't want to chat with them. Chat sucks. Everyone hates chat, I think. Early star customers do. I want to like have this demo desk savvy demo desk savvy cal experience. And I want to give Alex a dashboard that they don't quite have. So I I have been struggling a little bit with should I buy the thing that's close or should I build the thing that I really want?
1: Do you want my opinion on this? Sure. Yeah. You should absolutely be building this and repackaging it for your customers once you figure it out. This mm. is very much in your lane as what you do as a company. And it'd be like uh, like leg up outsourcing health insurance service would be the equivalent. And you would, tell, yeah. you would never let me do that.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. You're you're hundred percent right about that. The repackaging it thing. I think someone would
1: buy this. I don't know that our customers would buy this. I'm not going to argue that point because you may or may not be right. The point is if you don't try to build this stuff and figure it out and and use yourself as a Guinea pig, you you don't you won't ever like make progress. And so yeah, yeah. whether whether you package what you're building now or it leads to an innovation for your customers like in 5 years, it doesn't matter. The fact that you're going down this road and trying to build it and explore and experiment is very very positive. It's a this is a very natural extension of a CRM.
0: Yeah. That's fair. I like that. Um Yeah, I'll have to think more about that. It it would certainly be exciting and also I don't want to like fall into shiny object syndrome. Like you can use this as an excuse to kind of do another moonshot when my goal this year is to not do moonshots. It's to be like, let's just execute on the core CRM. So I, I will put thought into that. And also it's going
1: to be too tempting and I'm going to have to hold yeah. back. I think, well, I'm going to step back for a second and just kind of call out what I'm seeing happen, which is you're saying out loud, I enjoy building stuff that makes a CRM end user successful for a less annoying CRM, i.e. Alex. Mm-hmm. And I I just I, I, I'm curious, like how much of like that type of question, like making your end users successful in their jobs drives your your engineering team? Um, like if you have you interviewed the users who are like, hey, what are you trying to do here? Like, mm-hmm. I know we know that you're using this to track deals and contacts and that sort of thing. But like, is there something that is getting in the way of you doing your job that we could have make easier? Like that could be a- another source of innovation here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we do have a lot of that feedback coming in, but um, not. I I don't know. There's different ways to talk to users. I don't think we're doing what like a UX researcher, like true research, but um, I do think we have a pretty good understanding of what our customers are trying to do and what functionality they need
1: to do it. Yeah, this is the problem with the podcast. Like we we are like basically moonshots are what's interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) the, The basic blocking and tackling that you need to focus on right now is, is what you need to do. But I'm, i what I'm calling out, I think, is that like, I think you're, you your blocking and tackling right now is correctly focused. And if you do it enough time, a moonshot like becomes obvious.
0: Yeah. I, if nothing else, so maybe we can tr- try desperately to pull something interesting to a listener out of this. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> a thing that every experienced entrepreneur knows is that ideas don't come from sitting around in your apartment thinking about ideas. Ideas come from doing stuff and seeing, oh, huh, I need this thing and it doesn't exist. Or my customer needs this thing and I looked around and it doesn't exist. And so, you know, the the really douchey term that Silicon Valley uses for this is like being in the arena. I Kind of what I'm hearing from you is that like I'm more in the arena now because I'm working on new stuff and maybe it'll give me ideas or new opportunities. Maybe it won't, but you just got to be out there. You're in the right place. Yes, 100%. Yeah. exactly. Cool. You nailed that. Um. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate the support. And uh it's it's fun. I love I, I get to build one of the things I don't like about working on the product of less annoying CRM is it's more mature now and like you have to get code reviews done and this stuff. And it's all good, it's all for the best because you don't want to ship bugs to twenty six thousand people. But this is an internal admin tool with one customer and it's Alex, and I'm just writing the absolutely like Dirtiest, laziest code possible, and that's that's what I like doing. So it's a lot of fun for that reason too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad you like to sling dirty code. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's going on with you? Um, I have a, a win to celebrate. Cool, let's hear it. Um, we sh- uh, so February uh, context here is that Leg up Health uh, we 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 budget on a calendar. We, we run the business on a calendar year from a tax perspective, but like our real fiscal year, if we were going to be official like that. Would be February first through January thirty first to capture uh, sort of what happens in that last month of like our kind of push season, which is January. And so we're in our we're we're wrapping up effectively our first month on our new year um, right now. And so we set a goal of being profitable this year and and increasing revenue. Um, I'm happy to report February was our first profitable month. Um, We had a two thousand dollar profit almost. and we, uh, our revenue is on a 112 K run rate. So it's That's pretty awesome. exciting. You're going to get a beer paid for this, this month.
0: <laughs> nice. So, so let me ask some questions partially so the audience can understand this better and partially because despite me being a partner of the business, I don't know the answer to these questions. <laughs> uh, so one point or yeah, you say here 1.8 K almost 2 K profit. That's like paying JD, uh, And enough for him to get by, but not like what his long-term target comp would be, right?
1: Yeah. So he JD has a a base kind of comp that is, let's just call it uh, digestible for him. Um, And and then he is incentivized to drive increased profit. Um, And so basically that 1.8K will get divvied up um, according to a number of sort of predetermined rules. Uh, The first thing will happen is on the roughly 9.6 K top line. We'll take, uh, I think it's, is, did we say 1%? I can't remember the percentage, yeah, I think but like, so. I we'll think take 1%. 1% of that and give it, give it, um, to partners. So JD, will get a little bit there. It's not going to be that meaningful. It's a couple hundred bucks. Uh, if that, um, uh, split, you know, three ways based on, on the science that we have. And, and then, and then, you know, there's profit from there based on the expenses we we set aside some money for taxes. Uh, we set aside some money for uh, uh, increased budget, you know, discretionary spend, like marketing. And then JD takes the bulk of it until he gets to his full target salary. So um, this is good for JD. It's good for the business. It's good for partners. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a really good start to the year. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And then you said 112K uh, annual run rate. The, the The very simple numbers I have in my head is that like coming out of, Open enrollment. We were at 100k, and the goal is to hit 200k or more. Is this like we actually came out of open enrollment with 112, or is this like February's been good and we added another 12k to the revenue?
1: TBD. Um, one of the challenges with reporting revenue um, in this business is it's not a con- it's not contract revenue for the most part. It's commission revenue, so it's it, we we see the money when the carrier pays it and uh, carriers are insurance company. So when the insurance company decides to pay us could be a uh, different by insurance company. So we might be mm-hmm. getting paid for January by, by Aetna, uh, in February for February by Blue Cross Blue Shield and then December from a dental company. And so there's, there's definitely like this wonkiness to it. So this, we could see this number go down in, um, in March, uh, uh and then up again in, in April. And so we'll just have to watch it. I don't know the yeah. answer. Okay,
0: cool. Uh, well, that's exciting. Is this what you expected? Is this better than you
1: expected? It's pretty much right on what we expected. Um, uh, the uh, you know, I think probably February is a little higher. This is better than what we expected in in some ways because um, we still are paying JD some commissions on the previous year in this month, which are which is decreasing profit. We have a lot of annual subscriptions, for example, our front subscription, our, um, Webflow annual subscription hit this month. And so it's to still have 2k profit, you know, after like these, these one-time expenses that aren't going to continue in March is, is pretty exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. We just got to go get more employers. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Um, so so yeah, we had our, so, so kind of shifting into like, what do we do now? Um, we had our partner meeting, was that this Monday or last Monday? I think last last but, Monday yeah. seems like a year ago. Um. Anyway, we we we. I thought you added a lot of value in that meeting. Um. JD and I mostly JD had been working on like here's some ideas on what how we can get from 100k to 400k, which is our stretch goal, um, in annual revenue. And I thought you came in and said this is like all really great, but like what if we just focused on this one really simple goal? And um, basically we we, we agreed with you. And so JD is. <laughs> Uh, we're basically doing two things. One is we're we're trying to get up and running in Texas, which is um, where JD lives, and so he can get unblocked in terms of local networking there. And I'm happy to say that we are 99.9 uh, percent unblocked. We're just waiting on one more insurance company contract, but he, uh, we have our first Texas client, which is another exciting nice. thing. Awesome. Um, and then the other thing that um, we're going to focus on, which I want to, I, I kind of want to spend some time with you on today, is uh, free. Focusing on getting more free customers. Um, uh, So uh, particularly, we have a free product uh, where an employer can invite their employees to uh, our awesome health insurance concierge. And so the hypothesis is that if we can go get 20 or so more of these um, free business customers, um, the employees alone that we are able to service from that from a commission standpoint is going to be really, really nice. Um, And then we'll be forced to figure out how to acquire these 20 customers by trying to go get them. And Mm -hmm. assuming we can get to 20 customers, we should be able to go get to 40 and 60 and hundred from there. Um, And so I wanted to talk a little bit to you about like ideas on how to get to 20 free customers.
0: Yeah. Um, You want to do that right now? Yes. Okay. Can I real quick, just, I think what you just said makes sense to me, but um, let me say it again for anyone who really doesn't have any context here. And that is, I think there's four ways for LegUp Health to make money. One is, help individual people buy individual insurance and get a commission from the insurance company. The second is, there's this LegUp benefits program where we go to an employer, we say, add your employees to this, we'll help them get individual insurance. We don't charge the employer, but we get commissions off the individual insurance. So it's basically the employer's lead gen for the individual insurance. The third way is the same thing, but we actually charge the employer for the employees. So it's more like a benefits program plus the insurance commissions. And then the fourth way is sell group insurance to an employer. If we have to. If we have to. So all four of those are ways that current current revenue streams for LegUp Health. but We're making money on all four streams right now. Mm-hmm. But the second one, which is basically give the... the Benefits product away to employers for free as a way to get lead gen of these individual insurance uh, products that we get commissions on. That's the one we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, that's the one we're talking about. And that's the hypothesis there is that if we focus on that, it will lead to the other things happening. It will lead to leads on the first stream. It will lead to upgrades to the third stream. And if we, you know, in our efforts come across a group health insurance client uh, that we need to help, uh, we will help them.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm a huge believer in this approach. So <laughs> where, do start, <laughs> um, where do you want to well, start talking I just, about this?
1: I, I just like, so, um, th- there's a corollary at Windfall, uh, my, my day job where, um, we have this really cool product, um, on the nonprofit side that's heavily discounted. Um, and when, when back in the day, there's a kind of a, you know, one of those tribal stories that floats around the company where, you know, we tried it originally at Windfall to give away the product to nonprofits, but because it was free, they like didn't believe it, and so we said, mm-hmm. "Okay, well, how about a thousand dollars?" You know, and like, <laughs> um, and they were like, "Yeah." Uh, so charging money actually makes it easier to sell in some cases. Yeah. So I've kind of had this like thing in in the back of my mind where maybe free is going to be harder in some ways because it's like, what's the catch? Um, mm-hmm. But I just I, I I wanted to just get like I have some ideas on on how to um, how to go about this, and I just maybe wanted to like get some feedback uh, from you, and then if anyone else out there is. Creative and listening, and has ideas on how to like get a, a free product in front of a business um, and have them seriously consider it. Uh, I, I, I'm very open right now. Like JD's open, Tyler's open, I'm open. Um, uh, here are some ideas that we are currently working on. Uh, the first is like the the grind and cold outreach. Like we were, we're building out a a target account list of of small businesses and their owners who who um, who meet our our our, our ICP criteria. Um, and so, um, JD's like doing like cold outreach there. Um, the thing I mentioned to him this morning in our meeting was like, Hey, like if I were doing this, what I would probably do is I would go through my network and identify all the people who in my network who are ICP fits and, or I believe no ICP fits. Um, and I would just like rank them based on like affinity in terms of like my relationship, strength of relationship. And I would just try to do like 30 minute calls with those people. Um, and I would just basically say, Hey, I just want to catch up with you. I would say, um, you know, one, I want to share my goals for the year and see if I can get your help. And two, I would love to hear what your goals are for the year so I can help. And I would love to just catch up in general. And then, you know, I would share my goals. I would tell them my goal is to triple, quadruple this business. My We believe our main lever for that is uh, our free, like, no-brainer service for business owners that meet this criteria. Do you know anyone that you could introduce me to? Um, I can send you, you know, a template. And I would try to get two or three introductions per person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be how I. That would probably be how I would go about this. Um and then the third idea is like just like kind of coming through our our list of existing users. Um, one of the features that we added in the platform is when someone logs in, we ask them like wh- who their employer is, and going through our current list and identifying Utah employers or Texas employers that are already, already have at least one user on the system, and focusing on expanding that account.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'd be really interesting if there's like a flywheel of first you get an individual not a f- like not through an employer. Then you get their employer, and then you get the rest of those individuals. Because I, what what we said earlier is, you get the employer, so that you, it's lead gen for the employees. It's in, it'd be interesting if the individual is lead gen for the employer, who's lead gen for the rest of the employees.
1: That's the ideal, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I uh, th- those are the three ideas. Like I, I'm, op- do you have any that are like on the tip of your tongue that you can't help but share?
0: No, I think that. Uh, Yeah, that makes I have very little experience with actual sales and stuff like that. But it just feels like JD had some success last year getting group insurance and this paid benefits software clients last year. Not like a ton of success, but some. It just feels like if the offer is, oh, and it costs you nothing. It sh- whatever worked sort of last year should work even better this year. But maybe I'm missing something there.
1: Well, what's interesting, just as a data point that this is the right approach, is we were doing our February recap this morning and all of our enrollments, 100% of our enrollments for individual health insurance this month came from employer clients. Wow. Has he been trying to get other types of clients? No, he's totally dropped, no. you know, okay. reaching so out. So that but-
0: sort of explains it. But yeah, there's not like lead flow coming in for not employer, like individual insurance clients. But
1: the, but, but the, what's cool is like, if we 10X our employer base, which yeah. isn't that many, we 10X our lead flow most likely in mm-hmm. off months.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Po- yeah. So that's, that's great validation. Also, the more people, like people leave jobs and I, you could imagine the way, like, I don't think, so I, I have this with less knowing serum where if someone asks me, how would I, if I could go back and grow it from scratch, how would I do that? and i don't know the 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 zero to one is so hard but like once you have a base a, a whole new set of options open up for you and once we have 10 20 30 employers their employees are going to be quitting keeping us as their agent going to other companies and then that's the the way we get the next round so how do we get those 10 or
1: 20s exactly question? exactly so anyway i'll i'll update you on this in a couple of weeks this is going to yeah. be a focus for a few months
0: i know you wanted to brainstorm sorry i, didn't, I don't think i had anything instructive there but yeah i i feel like direct outreach do it until it until we find out it doesn't work feels like the
1: right thing and i, I really do think like i think our networks are, are are what we need to leverage i just i think that's the quickest path to um warm pitches um yeah. versus like i think cold outreach is a really hard approach now
0: has jd exhausted? like that was we already knew that six months ago has jd exhausted the network do you think i don't think we've taken this offer to the network like okay. how many, But a yeah. different offer has been like at some point. Are
1: your is your network like this? Is the fifth time you've tried to set up a call with me? I have not used my network. Okay. Uh, on this, um, I, I I would imagine that JD has not used his network on this, so I think that there's there's a huge opportunity here. And there's like I would say there's tiers of people in your network. There's tiers of people who are like if there's the first tier, which is like if someone asks you for something in that tier, you jump like you don't ask mm-hmm. like any questions and. That tier one is the one I think we need to exhaust. Um, where it's like this is like this is our livelihood. This is what matters most in our lives. If our tier one relationships aren't like don't know about this and aren't you know trying to help us, we're we're really like leaving a stern a, a, a big stone unturned. Um, yeah. And so that that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about yeah. like the tier three who like I haven't seen since you know high school. Like I'm <laughs> you know like that. That's not You're not turning related.
0: it into an MLM here. No. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I I'd love to hear updates on like, let's just go do some of that and, uh, see where it leads. But again, it, the challenge is just finding a company with multiple employees that doesn't have health benefits, right? That's kind of the ICP here basically. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah,
1: that sounds exciting. Thank you. What's up? What else is going on in your world?
0: Um, I've kind of brushed on this before, but uh we're kind of doing a little more outsourcing of certain kind of specialized things than we have in the past so one of these i've mentioned is conversion factory is like a marketing marketing agency specifically like product marketing i guess whatever that means um that we have been working with um and then another one is we need to upgrade mysql like the whole world has to go from mysql 5.7 to mysql 8 cuz the end of life for 5.7 is going on right now um And like, we were right about to push the button and we were just like, it's touching the database is so scary because, you know, if something goes horribly wrong, it's hard to, it's not like code with code, you can just be like, Oh, uh, go back to the old version of the code. (laughs) But if the data gets messed up, you can't do that. So you want to be very, very careful. And we decided just for peace of mind, we uh, hired this consulting agency called Percona. They're like this giant database consultancy, uh, to just kind of come in and like look over our shoulder while we push all the buttons. Um, so, yeah, we've been do- like, normally I'm very much like do everything in house and I'm trying to branch out a little bit on that.
1: Um, Interesting. Yeah. This is uh, You're evolving.
0: Yeah, maybe. Although I also like in doing it, I'm running into all of the challenges that oftentimes have scared me away from this type of approach in the past. But there's well, a lot of upside, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I the paddle experience lately has has definitely like is a cautionary tale. Um, yeah, for this, like, is like, what's the downsides of like, what have, what is your framework for outsourcing? Like, like, like there's probably like a, it has to meet certain criteria. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So at, at least one of them I think is, well, I don't know, different, different companies do this differently. There's a type of outsourcing that doesn't appeal to me at all really, but I, I think partially just cause I don't have a need for it, which is like low skilled work, right? There's a type of, Oh, I need 10 people in the Philippines to do a thing um i just don't i don't think we have any kind of like humans need to grind away at this thing type work aside from customer service which you need tremendous expertise to do so so it's not low skilled um so that doesn't appeal to me at all there's another type that's like the exact opposite of that which is like we need an expert in this thing and like a company a 20-person company like we are it doesn't make sense to have a database expert. So maybe the once every five years you have to do a giant migration like this, you just hire Percona. So th- that's currently one of my ways of thinking about it. Is like uh, one time you don't have sur- to develop. The- yeah, yeah,
1: one time surge of expertise required. Right. And then I think
0: the other one is I'm, that I'm kind of coming around to this is more what Conversion Factory is. Is like we could build that that, that skill set in house, but it's kind of like a way to just keep the team a little bit leaner. Um, especially because our model is we're in St. Louis. St. Louis does not have a lot of experienced people with expertise in building a SaaS company, uh, which means we tend to hire entry-level people and then train them up. This is challenging if either the skill set is something that it doesn't fit the DNA of the company or it's something that we can't really train someone on very well. So like we could, like the amount we're paying conversion factory, we could hire a full-time marketer. But the thought is like we get kind of a group of people, you know, they're not just one person with different pieces of expertise. And we can just kind of like keep our team small and just manage them a little bit more. Um, And if if it doesn't work, we can like I'm a coward and don't fire people or I I wouldn't fire someone because we don't need them. I'd fire them if they were doing a bad job. Mm -hmm. But like with a consultant, I feel very comfortable being like, we don't need you anymore. the, The contract's over. Yeah. It's, you know? it's
1: more it's more like contracted terms versus like uh you know in, indefinite uh infinite employment. Um Yeah. The the um so I heard three things there which are it's pretty interesting like this is a pretty good blog post in my opinion. Um you know the 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 three things you could, you could consider outsourcing are it's recurring low skilled labor. Um it's one time like sort of uh high skilled you know high expertise labor. Um usually related to a project. Um uh, mm-hmm. that is non-recurring in nature. Um, and then there is uh, sort of pre-hire work. Uh you know, you, you don't want to work that doesn't require a full time job, but you you need the skill set for um, which is what the conversion factory would fall into. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that's, that's I think that's right. Yeah, that's that's the one I
0: feel least like if it's recurring work that you you need to keep doing and it's high skilled, like that does feel like when I hear you say it, I'm like, well, yeah, you should have that in-house. Um, not that, not that I'm second guessing what we're doing here, but that's the one that I think has the most nuance around whether it actually makes sense.
1: Well, when you're hiring skilled labor for the first time and it's critical to your business, uh, but you don't know know how to do it, um, it's outside your like sort of competencies. Um, it it can be really like risky to, to try to hire for that. Um, and Mm -hmm. so outsourcing is a way to de-risk it. You could, you could hire a person on a, on a contract basis, or you could hire a firm, but it, it sort of is a way to educate yourself on whether or not, well, although the do's and don'ts. So I, yeah. I totally support that outsourcing. The database thing seems like a good idea too. So both of these ideas seem really good within that framework we just discussed.
0: Cool. Yeah, the, the database one, I, I think at the end of the day, we would have done the migration fine on our own. So it's really buying peace of mind. But yeah, it's it's a one-time thing. It'll be over. It's costing like in the ballpark of $10,000, which for a small company, that's a whole lot of money to pay for that. For us, it's like the cost of the database migration failing would be in the millions potentially (laughs) like Mm -hmm. paying $10,000 as an insurance against that is, uh, is worth it, I think. Cool. But the, the downside to all of this and like, I want to be very clear, this is not me criticizing any of the the people we've hired or anything like that. This is just fundamentally a challenge with outsourcing. If you follow people, like I'm going to like name some names here, like Sahil from Gumroad and, uh, Josh Pickford from originally Bear Metrics and now maybe are two people who and and there's others out there like this. I think a lot of the indie hacker crowd really is kind of like if you outsource stuff you just get really high quality work without having to do any of the management stuff. And that has not been my experience at all. Like just cuz they aren't W2 employees does not mean you don't have to manage them first of all, right? Yeah, and I would just
1: say that like if they're if they figure that out, I want to learn from them because I have <laughs> never been able to experience this. Like if I yeah. don't manage someone, especially if they're external, like it gets off the rails fast.
0: Yeah, you have to manage them way more. Cause like yeah. with Conversion Factory, they are more domain experts than we are at the like we're doing kind of a website redesign kind of not a rebrand, but like it started as a rebrand and then we pulled back a little bit. Um and there are just a million things where they do something and I'm like, that looks amazing. That's not how we do it, you know. Like you don't know anything about us, and what you did for a generic SaaS company was great work, but you don't do that. Whereas Eunice, our full-time marketer, would she knows that she's been here for like eight years or something. Uh, there's like way more doing the wrong thing due to lack of context. I find with outsourcers uh, versus in-house, maybe the expertise isn't quite the, quite as good because like everyone who works less knowing serum is a generalist, not a specialist, but. They there's just a lot less me having to be like sorry that's just not how we do things mm-hmm. you know yep and I saw I, I really hate that type of conversation even the the guys at Conversion factory have been great when I go back to them I'm like sorry that's not how we do things they're like okay no problem but it t- it costs an emotional burden on me to be like I this person just did work and I'm about to throw it away and I had to pay for it and they don't feel good about it and I don't feel I, just sharing that information. I personally hate doing that,
1: you know? So I know what you're saying. This type of project, which is like a a core branding exercise with a third party. I've been through it a couple of times at the last previous company. You have to be egotistical about this, Tyler. This yeah. Their their job is to extract the essence of less knowing CRM from you and build a system that you can manage. Uh, or a framework that can build that can lead to a system that you can manage, and if they're unable to do that, they're failing. And no, no, so, no,
0: I I totally agree. And okay. what happened is I I got a whiff of this is going in the wrong direction, and the coward in me was like, but it was really good. I looked at him like, damn, good work. Yeah, it kind of smells off, but it looks really good. And so then I let it get too far, and then I had to pull back and be like, throw out the last two weeks worth of work. So I did correct it, like good. you're saying.
1: It just took me too long to do it. Yep. Yeah, and it. I did the same thing. I two weeks is great. I I, I went three months without doing yeah. it. Yeah. And and then the, and then it like started to seep through the company. And I was like, Oh God, this is bad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, made a I mean, mistake. the biggest
0: thing that happened. The, the the way this went was like in our early conversations, they move super. If anyone's thinking about using Conversion Factory, like I I don't have limited experience with them so far, but like one of the great things they move super fast. They move at the pace of a small bootstrap company, not like a big three month type thing. That's cool. But because they move so fast, they're like, Oh, we can do a rebrand in like a month. Like I went to them saying, "Can we just polish up the homepage?" And they're like, "We can do a rebrand very quickly." So I was like, "Oh, great! If it doesn't take long, let's do it." And then we got far enough in that I was like, "Whoa!" By rebrand, you meant like change what? Like, like we actually like our brand. We just want like our fonts to be a little crisper and our border radius to be eight pixels instead of ten because that. Like I realized when we got into it, I actually like our brand quite a bit. I just want it to look like a professional took our brand and, and designed like a truly
1: professional looking site. You want, you want the brand to be uh, refreshed. You don't want the brand to be redone.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that was the kind of crux of, it kind of was going in that other direction. I waited too long to pull back, but yeah, the
1: the good news is it moves. So
0: the the kind of iteration pace that, that they work with is so fast that, you know, we lost a couple of weeks, not a big deal. uh, And I think we're back on track now. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, outsourcing. I, 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 you're dealing with some really, like, I feel like this year is like the year of like you learning how to like make really different decisions. Like this is very different you're dealing with different things than years past, like outsourcing to paddle, I guess was kind of last year, but like this, these outsourcing conversations are interesting. This, like you're dealing with brand strategy, <laughs> you're, you're trying to like do sales. Um, it's like, it's, it's interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I agree. And also what's, what's so funny about it. There's some irony here because the theme of all of this is back to basics. Mm. Um, like I don't know, I'm loving work right now. I'm, I'm feeling super energized and stuff, but like in the early days, the first couple to two, three years of the company, I was do- working on hacking away at tons of internal marketing and sales tools. Um, I, we have a whole suite of reports that I built. We have this whole like Someone clicks an ad and we do attribution and track it all the way through the point of paying and tells us the ROI of each ad. I built a ton of like marketing automation stuff in the early days. Um, So this isn't, it's new over the last decade, but it's not like, this is how the business was operating in the early days. And
1: I feel really good about that. You should. It's, it's, it's powerful. So cool. Well, thank you.
0: Um, Speaking of which, before I hand back to you, well, we got 10 minutes.
1: You got anything you really want to talk about? Uh, one thing, um, well, two things. Can I just shout yep. these out real yeah, quick? Yeah, um, yeah. Th- they're they're both quick. I, I'm um, our friend Chase Murdoch has starting a, a local professional group, um, which I'm really excited about joining. Um, I haven't joined a kind of a accountability group in many many years, um, but but I've always found them super valuable. So that's going to be super fun. Um, shout out to Chase uh, and his firm the Dakota group who's who's kind of facilitating this whole thing but it's it's uh, somewhere between uh, six and ten people all local Utah kind of uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurial people who are going to meet up once a month um, talk about life talk about business uh, uh, share goals help each other hit goals um, I'm really looking forward to you know d- developing the relationships I'm also looking forward to hopefully getting some some ideas um on on how we can go faster at like up health and then um, I'm also just like looking for some fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It, do you expect this to be more like kind of a meetup group or more just like networking, hanging out every once in a while? Or, sort of, sorry, I said meetup. I meant mastermind.
1: Yeah. Much more like mastermind group. It's like, okay. a, yeah. Once a month for three hours, you know, you know, be there on time, uh, be and There's present. like an agenda, like here's your 15 minutes. Talk yes. about what you want to talk about. Okay. I don't know the exact format yet, but like that is the, I think that's the intent. Um, and it's yep. a one year, uh, sort of commitment. Um, And then you, I think that everything will be reassessed in a year if it's, if it's going well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, I, uh, this is sounds similar to what I get out of the big snow, tiny comp thing, which like you said, have a little fun. And it's, it's like uh, sometimes I'm in the car with my wife and I'm just like, I would love to talk about MRR with you and you don't care. And it's nice to be around a group of people where you can just, you know, nerd out about business without being ashamed about, like you don't have to talk about hobbies and stuff you can just be like business let's talk let's go yeah, yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> um the the, the other the, the other thing that i think is interesting i think for listeners here is like i think it's very easy to say oh i'm going to go join a group like it's very easy to find a group but like what makes the right group is the harder question um mm-hmm. and like i have very limited time right now i have two kids under 3 um i have a, a side venture i have a very demanding full time job and so like for this to to work like it had to check a lot of boxes and so like I wouldn't the, the takeaway here is to go join whatever group you can find it's you know find a group that fits within your you know what your goals are and then also your mindset and one one thing that really worked for me here is like the people are of similar age and sort of similar mindset not not I'm not saying that it's okay not okay to be younger or older I'm just saying like stage of life is is similar um second uh, timing is right like uh, my youngest uh, kid is kind of reaching that point where it's like not 100 percent like intensive, um, and then the third is like it's a local networking group. Um, I have a local business. Um, it aligns with what I'm trying to build, and the relationships mm-hmm. that I will build through this will help me grow leg up health. And so it checks a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, when does it start? When are we going to hear hear some
1: updates on it? The <laughs> first one is tonight, and I am missing it because oh, wow. I'm on vacation. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great so, start. So I, so I uh, recorded a loom video and introduced myself, but um, okay. you know, I, I had scheduled a vacation before I joined the group. And so everyone- Are you like I, going somewhere or just like well, you're you, in
0: your house right now?
1: I'm in my house. Yeah. We're going to St. George.
0: Oh, you said that. Sir. Yeah.
1: For vacation. And then, um, um, but, but, but this, this uh, is a in-person meetup thing that's going to happen downtown. Um, yeah. And so I will miss it, but I have a two minute loom video appearance. All right. Sounds good. Um, then, what's your other thing? Uh, I don't know if I've told you this yet, but um, I definitely have not announced on the podcast, but my previous business, uh, which is now called People Keep, um, but it was originally Zane Benefits where you and I first met, sold uh, to a, a company called Remodel Health, um, and it was announced this week. So I just wanted to share that. It's a, an end to a, a very long... Part of my business career, um, mm-hmm. and I think investors are are pleased with the outcome. The terms are not public, so I can't go into into details. But um, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a big it's a big win for me and a, an end of a chapter. And um, I feel really good about it. Uh, and the people who bought it are are friends, so it's a uh, it's it's kind of cool. So just yeah, to share that. That's
0: awesome. Congrats. So the the history here. So yeah, you and I both were hired fresh out of college at a roughly eight-person startup, grew through the venture model, 2008 layoffs happened, and you basically were in charge after that because everyone senior to you got laid off (laughs) basically. And then you ran it as, not originally as a CEO, but you kind of grew to the CEO role and then ran it as Zane Benefits, rebranded it to PeopleKeep, built out a whole new product, whole new team, grew it to what, 60 people? Uh, at one point, seventy-five
1: people at one point, 75 yeah. at one yeah. point.
0: Um, fair to say kind of a, a lot of ups and downs. It wasn't like straight up into the right
1: type of uh, story, lots of ups and downs, you know, revenue grew every year. Um, it was kind of one of those things, but like, there were lots of like attempts to grow faster that failed. Um, but, but at the end of the day, like, I think like what, what is a venture backed company measured on it's the ability to return sort of money, Back to investors, and I think um, with you know this this sort of outcome, uh, investors are feeling uh, good about you know about going from like you know I think Paul put us in a room in 2008 and said I'm probably going to run the company through bankruptcy, um, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know uh, to you know 10 years you know 15 years later the, you know owning a meaningful piece of a new company. Yeah, and, um, it's a it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I didn't realize it at the time, but when they laid off everyone except like you, me, and three other relatively junior people, I was like, at the time, I was like, all right, it's our job to bring the company back. And now looking back on it, it's like, oh, they gave up. They just <laughs> kept the like the five cheapest people, so we could keep the company running while they sold it for parts. Yep. The fact that it actually turned into a real company after that's got to be a pretty rare uh, occurrence in that type of situation. Yeah, yeah. So
1: um, anyway, and I like anyway, I feel good about it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it gives any more credibility to me than I have. It feels good to like kind of have that come full circle. So I feel like I can talk about it now and say like, Hey, that was up in the past versus like this un sort of like this ongoing sort of nightmare that I've been a part of. Um, yeah. So and JD, the other person at leg up health also worked there. So um, not, he didn't that- just work there. He worked there for, he, he, he was a lead VP there and he was a huge part of growth for 10 years. And so, yeah, what does this mean for like leg up health is probably a more interesting question. Like I think uh, it, you know, one of our values at leg up health is mama mentality. And I feel like this is more earned confidence for me and JD to like go out and be a little bit egotistical about leg up health. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like, basically, we've done this before. We've built a very valuable business. Um, we, we, if we build a fraction of what we did at PeopleKeep, like we're going to be very happy with the outcome we achieve at leg up health.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a that's great. Good job. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Do it again. No Please. more vent- minus venture capital.
0: Minus venture capital. Yeah, that happened before you joined, so uh, that was a little outside of your control. <laughs> I, I added to the pot uh, by raising. And you know, to, <laughs> I'm of the opinion <laughs> once you have, if you raise money once, it's over. Like, it's over, yeah, th- not uh, there. There's the calm fund, tiny seed, indie VC. There's a few exceptions, but if you raise traditional VC one time. You can't just be like, well, that was enough. I'm going to go back to the bootstrapping mentality.
1: That is probably the number one mistake I made as CEO of PeopleKeep was like trying to get away from the venture model while I was, instead of just like embracing it and going out and raising money. Like that was probably the biggest mistake I made as a leader. Because you were never in control. Mm -mm. Like you were the CEO, but the board of directors, it's not like you had Mm -mm. majority control or anything like that. So yeah, that was, yeah, that's a good point. Like once you, once you raise money, unless you at post raising money, still retain control of the business. Like once you lose control as a leader, it it does not make sense not to raise more money. (laughs) I
0: I think even if you don't, like normally after the first round, you still have control. Uh, But even then you've got these commitments to these investors and uh, yeah, it's, I'm not familiar with very many examples of that going right. No. (laughs) But yep. anyway, Uh, cool. Well, I got to run, get to my next thing, but good talking to you. Uh, We're going to be off next episode because I'll be in Japan. So it'll be a month before our next one. Yep.
1: All right. All right. Have Bye a good Talk uh, to you later. have a good day. Bye. That's
0: the worst ending ever. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>